0: Hey, how's it going, folks? It's Abdullah. And Bean. And happy Happy 420! That's (laughs) right. It is Weed Christmas up in the house. And your favorite Weed podcast is celebrating in kind. We are so stoked for this holiday. Bean, how are you feeling this 420? I'm feeling optimistic. I'm feeling
1: fired up. I'm feeling like this story that we're going to drop Today is going to inspire a lot of people. This 420, I'm going to actually be in New York City, a place where I was arrested for smoking weed, a place where I was handcuffed and put in the police car, you know, not comparing it to the many people I know who did time. But now I'm going to go back with a friend of mine to the exact place where we got busted smoking weed and we are going to light one up on the street and it's perfectly legal to do that now.
0: So, if you heard last week's episode, you now know the history of 420 itself. If you have not, please go check it out. It's a rebroadcast of our famous Waldo's episode that tells you about the origin story of 420. But for today, the day in question, 420, we have a very special episode that we recorded live in front of a studio audience at Green Street in Los Angeles. This was a fantastic night. It was our first live show. Post-pandemic, of course, we've done a couple before. You might have heard them. Our one with Ben Sinclair at the Brooklyn Podcast Festival. Uh, Our one about the summer of the cans up at Savage Henry. And this one right here was all about one of the most famous names in cannabis, probably the most famous name in modern cannabis. And it was a really good time. The person in question, our subject, his son was actually in the room And he really loved the episode, which was very, very special and heartening for Bean and I to hear from him because he felt like we did his dad justice. And that is just so special to us. Green Street has become a hub for the cannabis community in Los Angeles. And we were just so proud and honored to have this event there with all our weed friends. Isn't that right, Bean?
1: Recording this podcast with you and sharing it with all the people who care about it. It is one of the best things in my life you know and then to add the layer of a whole room full of people who we invited who we know really care about cannabis we were able to tell them a story and take that ride with them in the room got some really great laughs and a lot of nice comments after and you know this is something that we want to do a lot more of in the future. We want to tour with this show. We want to bring great moments in weed history to where you live. And I got to say, the best way you can do that is to support us on Patreon. You can go to greatmomentsinweedhistory.com. We're still in this weedathon. It is the last day of the weedathon, And we are still trying to get to 420 supporters. You could be one of them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We really appreciate the support. Your support on Patreon allows us to continue making the show the way we love to do it independently at the click we like to do it on a weekly basis as we have started doing in 2022. So if you have not checked us out, please go to greatmomentsinwheidhistory.com. Check out all the bonuses you can get by supporting us on Patreon. And if you don't have the ducats, please help us out by spreading the word. Tell a few of your friends about great moments in weed history. Send them a link to an episode that they might like. And we also want to give a massive thank you to our sponsors for this live episode. High 90s purveyors of high quality cannabis inspired by our favorite strains of the 90s. And of course, their Gelato 33 is one of our favorites. Please check them out. You can find them in dispensaries in California tones, our favorite vaporizer filled with 100% pure live rosin, no solvents ever, just pressed, hash, absolutely turpy and delicious on the go in a very convenient and stealthy device that comes in four different flavors that'll pretty much cover any time of day or night. Big Pete's Treats, our old friend. Up north, Big Pete, one of the best edible makers in the entire world. We've had the pleasure of shooting with him, of smoking with him, hanging out and enjoying his treats. These are truly delicious cookies that will rock you, I can tell you from personal experience. And finally, a hashinista powered mocktail bar featuring heavy hitters Tincture, that's right. Heavy Hitters has come out with something called The Heavy, which is a high-end cannabis drink that is like the weed version of excellent scotch. This is really the classy shit that you break out at the end of the night when you're trying to blow some heads. It comes in a beautiful bottle, and the stuff tastes delicious. It's no alcohol, it's lots of cannabis, and it gets you lit really, really quick. So next time you're celebrating... Instead of popping a bottle of champagne or cracking open a bottle of scotch, pour yourself some heavy cheers. I'll, I'll drink to that, my friend. And uh, I think I'll smoke
1: to it too, because it is our highest of holidays. It is not just Weedness Day, but the grandest Weedness Day of them all. 420. Happy 420 to you, my friend.
0: Happy 420 to you as well, man. Glad that we are doing our fourth 420 on Great Moments in Weed History right now. I can't believe we've been rocking for that long, but I never want to stop. Well, actually,
1: careful listeners to this episode will will uh, note that we have committed to making this uh, podcast for many more decades, actually. <laughs> uh- <laughs>
0: I don't remember making that campaign promise, but you know what? Uh, we got to stick to it. We are men of our words. So as we re-listen to the promises made in this podcast, we want you to know we're going to do our best to fulfill those. Yeah, I didn't remember it till the uh, listen back. <laughs> <laughs> as is always the case. So smoke them if you got them, my friends. We are about to delve in to a really wonderful and truly Epic figure in cannabis history. All right, no pausing this time. It's
1: 420. So we know you got something rolled up. We know you got a joint ready to blaze. We know you got a bowl packed. We know you got a bong packed. And we know the Indabulator is doing that like five flash and then two f- quick flashes and then one long
0: flash that means it's ready or something. Yeah, mine has been blinking SOS to me for the last two hours. I think it's become self-aware and uh, wants to be set free. But you know what, buddy? On 421, you will have your freedom. I just need <laughs> you for the rest of the day.
1: So you're literally saying your endabulator has got one more date of retirement <laughs> and it's 420. This could be the first, you
0: know, classic 420 movie plot. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, no. The, my, my vaporizer has has been restoring a boat for the last few years <laughs> for, for retirement. It's called the Live Forever. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I got faxed a picture of it. <laughs> Mendoza. <laughs> All right. Well, let's kick off this 420 by blazing one for the self-aware vaporizer. For all you listeners, and for you, my friend, happy 420.
0: Happy 420! Hey, how's it going, folks? It's Abdullah. And Bean. And welcome to a live episode of Great Moments in Weed History at Green Street! <laughs> On this show, my partner Bean and I talk about a great moment from the long, 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 long history of of cannabis. Isn't that right, Bean?
1: Oh, that is exactly what we do. 10,000 years of human
0: cannabis interaction. Don't let them tell you otherwise. I don't know what this story is going to be. Bean's going to tell it to you and tell it to me at the same time. We're going to have a chat about it. We're going to smoke some weed. Shout out high 90s. Shout out Pod Tones. Shout out Big Big Pete's Treats. treats. (laughs) And... And
1: Hashanista putting together a beautiful little mocktail bar for us featuring some heavy hitters tinctures. I hope you all hit for the cycle and got all four. I did.
0: Yeah. Is, is everybody prepared mentally and, uh, you know, psychedelically for this? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit about the story for tonight. Okay. it's going to be some clues sprinkled throughout. So, so pay attention. Some of our episodes are about famous people who famously love weed. I'm thinking Willie Nelson smoked a joint on the roof of the White House. Peter Tosh recorded Legalize It. Cheech and Chong made Up and Smoke. Right. (laughs) Some of our episodes are about famous people you didn't even know. Well, I'm not. Maybe you did. But most people didn't even know had an incredible weed story. I'm thinking Maya Angelou. I'm thinking Louisa May Alcott. I'm thinking... Gertrude Stein and Alice B. Toklas. All right, we got a very hip audience. Yeah. I'm also thinking Barack Obama. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True that. Anybody from the Choom Gang here? We, we didn't get an RSVP, no, but maybe they slid no in. No
0: ambassadors from the Choom Gang? No, maybe not here tonight.
1: And some of our stories are about people who are weed famous, like our own cultural heroes. Thinking Dennis Perone, thinking Brownie Mary, thinking the Pope of Potts. Here comes the first hint. Don't shout it out if you if you get the hint. This story is about someone who is literally weed famous. So
0: I know you're a fan of a pun. <laughs> so I'm detecting a pun in there. Somebody who's weed famous meaning like they're famous for... Being I'm, weed, uh, <laughs> I'm just
1: gonna let that sit for a second. Let that uh, percolate in the Great. bottom of your bong.
0: I just uh, smoked like an entire pot <laughs> tone in one sucking, and uh, now I gotta figure. Now I gotta figure out this pun mystery. Oh, okay, can you give me some more hints?
1: Of course, All right. but they're they're gonna be a uh, little misdirection hints. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. I'm ready. This is the story of someone who was once a right wing Republican who hated hippies, and weed smokers. What? It's not <laughs> Dana Rohrabacher, is it? <laughs> this is also somebody who, in a time long before the internet, espoused a wild conspiracy theory to literally anybody who would listen. Hmm. Who are we talking about?
0: We talking about Jack Harrow? Rhymes with terror. Oh no! Shit! Whoa! Crazy! We're doing the story of Jack Harris. We're doing the story of yeah! Jack. Herricket. Yeah! And he's from right here
1: in Los Angeles. He is your hometown champion, Los Angeles, Los Angelinos, <laughs> uh, Los Angeloners.
0: If you're not into the whole brevity thing. <laughs> Oh my God, that is incredible. All right, so uh, I'm glad I wasn't tipped off by the most obvious clue, which is that Dan Harer, the son of Jack Harer, <laughs> is in the house tonight. <laughs> Give it up for Dan Harer. Where's he at? Yeah, man. That is so fucking crazy. Okay, so this is one of the most well-known names in cannabis, right? Even if you're a regular old person, how many, I'm sure most of you have heard of Jack Hare, right? Who's heard of Jack Harer in here? Okay. So most people associate him with a strain of cannabis, a really tasty, uh, punchy, creamy strain of cannabis. Hence being literally weed famous. Literally weed famous. Okay, gotcha. Okay, I am up to speed now. And, you know, I'm really fascinated by this story. Of course, I'm familiar with The Emperor Has No Clothes, but I'm not super clear on his life story, and I'm just really excited to be learning it. So fuck yes, Bean. Fuck yes. All right. I
1: think we have all the elements except one.
0: There is something we
1: like to do before we start an episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. We we like to smoke some
1: weed and uh, vape some rosin and This is the point in the podcast where I tell our listeners, if you're not quite rolled up yet, you can hit pause, you can roll a joint, you can split a blunt, you can pack a bong, you can endabulate a dab.
0: If you're here live, I mean, just go for it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Literally
0: at any time, just go for it. Don't stop yourself. All right. Don't hesitate. Just get higher and higher. As we uh we spin the web, as Beca- because when you're ready, <laughs> we'll be ready for another
1: moment in weed history.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is the beat
1: from a song about
0: weed from the 1940s, Fats Waller. Yeah, that's right. Uh. If I were a viper. If I were a viper, (laughs) if you're a viper. When you're a viper. When you're a viper. Everybody here is a viper tonight. All right, guys, you ready for this shit? Yeah.
1: All right, the hero of today's great moment in weed history, and I would say many great moments in weed history, was born in New York City in 1939, the son of a bill collector. Oh, wow. Like Dog the Bounty Hunter. (laughs) (laughs) At 17, he enlisted in the U.S. Army and served as a military police officer in the waning days of the Korean
0: War. Wow. Okay. So this is uh, this is like mash. You know, this I'm, I'm picturing mash here, right? Korean War, and so he fought in the Korean War. Did he see action? I don't believe so. But what, what I'm shocked by is like this is the
1: squarest origin story of anybody we have celebrated. You were yeah. in the military and a cop. And yeah. Uh...
0: <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> uh... Lester Grinspoon, you're no longer the nerdiest origin story from our show. You have been replaced by none other than Jack Herr, Rhymes with Terror. Rhymes with Terror, for sure. And he's,
1: he said, he was. this is where he was coming from. Quote, I believed America was always the good guy, always the most decent, right-on people on Earth.
0: Yes, of course. <laughs> yes, you all believe that, right? This isn't a public school. We can say whatever we want. <laughs>
1: Oh, we forgot to do the Pledge of Allegiance before we started. (laughs)
0: Shit.
1: I pledge allegiance to Jack Herrera.
0: (laughs) Green lives
1: matter. (laughs)
0: That's our flag.
1: (laughs) So after the military, he lands a job as an electronic sign repair technician in California. He gets married. He has three children. And this is 1964. He is straight up a Barry Goldwater for president guy. Wow. Who is... Wait,
0: who's clapping? <laughs> Barry? Who's <laughs> just, like, very enthusiastically applauded Barry Goldwater Republicanism. You know what? It's cool. All are welcome. All are welcome, I guess. Sure.
1: <laughs> and he is cheering on
0: our, our military adventures in Vietnam. Yeah. You know what they say about electronic science? They break a lot, man. It's a great line <laughs> of business. Great line of business for him to be in. He's part respect. of Big Sign, definitely. <laughs> uh,
1: but at age 30, he gets a divorce, and he's trying to navigate the dating scene of 1969. That's when a new girlfriend asked him a fateful question. You party, man? <laughs> you get down? You cool, man? <laughs>
0: He, he was, was one
1: of those. <laughs> I think all of them, probably. Uh, yeah, actually, probably all of them because the first three times, you know, he's, you know, a, a, a single gentleman, you know, trying to, uh, in the parlance of the times, <laughs> a young bachelor on the prowl. Yes, but he pulls a Bill Clinton the first three times. He got that on one dress. <laughs> No, he does not inhale. <laughs> sometimes a cigar is just a cigar and sometimes it's a blunt. <laughs> Don't think too hard about that one.
0: <laughs> and okay, yeah, pulling uh, Bill Clinton, I should have I should have thought about the context. I, like, I feel, you know. that, I feel that was
1: phrased poorly in, in,
0: in retrospect. <laughs>
1: uh, no, he did not inhale. Now, Going back to an early episode of our show, another weed legend-to-be had this same problem. Do you remember? Um, Who who was
0: not inhaling or wasn't getting high the first couple times? Smoking, but not holding it in and not getting Uh, high. Was it
1: Willie Nelson? It was. Willie Nelson, for six months, smoked weed
0: wrong. If it can happen to him, it can happen to you people. (laughs) It can happen to anybody, all right? That's rough. I think he figured it out, though. Yeah, eventually he <laughs> figured it out. As did Jack
1: Herrer. Rhymes with terror.
0: Okay, gotcha. Okay, so, so at this point he's still, he's sort of like faking it because he likes this girl and he's not, you know, he's just like playing the part. He's still the Barry Goldwater mm-hmm. war vet.
1: I'd say he's in a transitional phase, Okay, would gotcha. say. <laughs> yeah. And then she brought home an ounce of acapulco gold oh are we we getting less applause for acapulco gold than for barry goldwater that's how i know it's young heads in here (laughs) and no i'm not that old i didn't smoke acapulco gold in 1969
0: but yeah this is like legendary weed you know what i'm saying like again and i feel like this story is going to be rife with The names of, you know, references to legendary strains, right? And here we are. It's another one. Acapulco gold, which is from uh, Acapulco. (laughs) (laughs) And what color? Uh, Goldish, goldish.
1: These are the sativa strains of the uh, pre-homegrown era when weed was still coming in from places that were warm, like Mexico, the Caribbean, South America. Really, really uplifting And Jack Herrer, rhymes with terror, he got really high. He said, I was feeling sensations that I didn't even know a human being could experience, including the best sex of my life.
0: Yeah, I mean, stone sex is better sex, people. Come on. (laughs) Everybody knows it. Anybody who's tried it realizes this. You know what I'm saying? And so now picture
1: that post-coital Big Lebowski scene when they're in bed and he's (laughs) Got the little roach and Jack, Chicago Seven. It was me and six other guys. <laughs> as he's laying back in postcoital bliss, and he has an overpowering thought that will define
0: the rest of his life. I know I dared you to say postcoital bliss six times in this episode. I can't believe how well you're doing.
1: Shout out to our sponsors. Postcoital, post-coital bliss. bliss.
0: <laughs> that feeling you get. <laughs> So anyway, post-coital bliss. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: well, coitus, <laughs> he
1: has this eureka moment. This question comes to him.
0: Why is this illegal? Oh, my God. That question has dawned on all of us from one time or another. You're like, this seems way too awesome to be illegal. And then you realize that grownups uh, purposely make awesome things illegal. It's <laughs> the way the world works. And so from this
1: moment on, we have now left Barry Goldwater, Jack Herrer, behind.
0: He is in the ashtray. I guess swore that guy was going to boo now that Barry Goldwater's out of the picture. <laughs> he, he walked.
1: We walked one person. <laughs> uh, he, from then on, smokes four joints a day, and he begins to campaign tirelessly for legalization.
0: Wow, what a fucking transformation. And the superhero we know as Jack Harrow rhymes with terror is born right there. You know, I I think it's so crazy that like the further back we go, you know, the more you realize how ingrained in society prohibition was, right? Because uh, you guys still laughing about the last thing? I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, because it was so pervasive, That you could be a person who's totally, you know, like attuned to cannabis and yet you would never know because everyone's told you like, oh, yeah, Yeah. that shit will like make your eyes pop out of their sockets. (laughs) You know what I mean? And you'll jitter around a bunch and then you'll die. Uh, You know, even Willie Nelson was like, oh, that's like devil weed until somebody was like, no, seriously, (laughs) you should try this.
1: (laughs) And this is like. We, one of weed's greatest triumphs, you know, <laughs> 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 to take somebody that square and turn them that 180, you know, yeah. how many people had their lives transformed by weed, <laughs> right? We're right with you. Yes. So first thing he does, uh, very close to our hearts, is he authors a satiric weed-themed coloring book for adults called Great American Standard System. There's a pun in there.
0: Oh, it's uh, grass, <laughs> right? Yes. It's an acronym? Yes. Oh. It's, it's a pun acronym. It's a p- <laughs> canabronym. All right, that one's retired. Bean <laughs> got a weed pun in, everybody. We all heard it. It's, it's being retired. One use only. That was a pretty good one, though. So this was a coloring book? Like for adults, let's... So like a coloring book with with penises in it? (laughs) If that's what adult coloring book means.
1: (laughs) I can't say there's no penises in there. Uh, So the book is sold in underground bookstores around LA. This is like very DIY. This is very almost pre-zines. And Grass included, quote, The Official Guide for Assessing the Quality
0: of Marijuana on the 1 to 10 Scale.
1: Whoa!
0: And so this is weed quality and not highness we're talking about here, right?
1: Yeah, this is like the
0: the weed maps or the leafly of, yeah. of the day. This it's is the system, the absolute beginning. It is the Yelp or whatever you want to say. It's like the fucking rating system, uh, you know. Which some would say it's reductive, but I think it's extremely fucking useful to tell you the truth. Because if you can just tell me that I'm about to, you know, pay less for six weed, like. I would trust you more often. <laughs> you know I mean? And as, as you like to say, six is the minimum for weed. It's weed. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, of course. This scale only goes from 8.5 to 10, because even the worst weed is still weed. You know what I mean? The worst weed is 8.5 better yeah. than no weed. <laughs>
1: yeah. So he's going around L.A., Jack Herrer, Rhymes of Terror, and he's selling his book, at uh, like signing events, and he's also selling these bongs that he's making, and people are coming up to him and being
0: like, "Man, did you
1: know this about weed?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how everybody talked like then, right? Everybody on this podcast.
1: <laughs> Pretty much that was the hello of its era, I think. Yeah, totally. (laughs) The era of the really long. Yeah, yeah. it's like, hey, what's up? Up above, down below. (laughs) 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 So he's he's getting, you know, there's no internet. So he's getting the internet is people coming up to you to tell you things about weed in person. And he's getting what will become some of the greatest
0: hits. George Washington grew hemp. Oh wow! And so th- this is crazy because I mean, of course. Okay, guys, w- what movie did you learn that from? The George Washington grows head. <laughs> Does anyone know it? Is Daisy confused? Come on, of course, because that's Slater, the guy we were all compared to in high school. <laughs> Not just me. Who was the Slater of their high school? Let's hear it. Let's where are the Slater's at. Come on, you're such a Slater, man. <laughs> you're a total Slater, bro. <laughs> So some other info coming out. He's like, no, I'm a Randall Pink Floyd, like, (laughs) years later. (laughs) Be proud. Be proud of being a Slater. All right, anyways, sorry. So he's here, and jazz musicians
1: wrote songs about weed back in the 30s. The riggings and sails of the U.S. Constitution battleship were made of hemp fiber. The Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution were written on hemp paper. Like, we all heard this at three in the morning, like, either behind the Tasty Freeze <laughs> or
0: in a college dorm. Yeah, and it's all true. I mean, it's, this is all, like, verified. So it's, it's, You know, it, it's, it's funny to think that these are, like, mm-hmm. it sounds really conspiratorial, you know, the way you're talking mm-hmm. about it, like sounds like you're like there's a, there's pizza you know, like a cabal or whatever but no this shit is true man the constitution is printed on fucking weed paper
1: absolutely bitch. and not to blow anybody's <laughs> mind but it's also a medicine that can save your life it turns out yeah
0: seriously <laughs>
1: just to throw one more in the in the pile of uh Positives. Mm -hmm. Positives. So this sets him off on, you know, the first book is kind of like a fun, you know, coloring book full of penises and weed. (laughs) But this experience sets him off on a deep dive into the hidden history of cannabis.
0: Whoa. And at this point, it's probably pretty hidden, right? I mean, like, where is he even finding information on this? I know a lot of people now look to his work Right, but like at this point, you can't go to the library and like check out books on (laughs) the history. Be like, how is he finding this shit? He's like scouring research libraries. He's
1: getting old news reels. He is, you know, a real historian. He's a people's historian. I think he's the Howard Zinn of weed in in a way. The other thing he discovers is everything he's been taught about it is all part of a racist, capitalistic propaganda campaign. But yeah, okay, gotcha.
0: So he's being green-pilled, essentially. Yes. He's going down the fucking rabbit hole. He's learning all this shit. Like, this is the stuff that, you know, when we first smoke weed and think, why the fuck is this illegal, right? And then you start finding out why it's illegal. It's It only becomes more infuriating. And I feel yeah. like you only want to take it on as a call more, right? You know, he's like got this
1: other side, though. He's a full-fledged hippie now. He is clearly against the man. But he really believes in this, uh, not to date the show, but this American democracy. Like, (laughs) 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 he believes it's a good thing built to last. And so one of his first initiatives, and he's still a military guy, he starts reaching out to unhoused Vietnam veterans all over Los Angeles, explaining the medical benefits of cannabis and helping to organize them to register people to vote and to run sort of different initiatives and candidates locally here in Los Angeles. Whoa. Okay,
0: so he's incredibly active. At this point, there's not only this sort of internal journey of discovery, but he's externalizing a lot of this. He's organizing. And this is pre-normal. Is this like pre, like, what's the movement look like? This is around the same time that Normal
1: started, you know, 69 was that fateful hit of Acapulco gold.
0: Right, okay, gotcha. Uh, okay, so this is in the 70s, so it's in the ether, and now he's fully, he's wearing a, a poncho. He's, <laughs> he's in a poncho now. <laughs>
1: he's, Here's where he's, he's, be, he's beyond poncho. He opens up a hemp shop in Venice Beach. And he sets up a stand on the boardwalk, and he is just out there preaching the gospel of weed literally to every person who passes by. Oh, my God. Has anyone here had that experience? Did anybody walk down the boardwalk in Venice Beach and run into this man? That's how I found Christ. (laughs) It happened two (laughs) weeks ago. And it is also how he met a gentleman named Ed, Captain Ed Adair, who was manager and part owner of Heads and Highs, basically the proto-head shop of the mall, and they made a pledge to each other, these two weed warriors. They said, we're going to make a vow to fight for legalization every day until one of two things. Either prohibition ends everywhere, or we turn 84. (laughs)
0: <laughs> they gave themselves like a couple years at the end of their lives to just enjoy because I mean, if you smoke weed every day you're definitely gonna live till 84 you're pickled you know? That's
1: i would like to say you want to make a pledge we'll do this shit till we're 84 or prohibition ends everywhere yes <laughs> down you saw it here people
0: you are the witnesses to this pact
1: and will you make, will you all, within the sound of my voice here and on our podcast, just make a pledge once a week you'll do something to make the world a weedier place? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, i get behind that. All right, so as one does, he assembles a crew. They are called the Reefer Raiders. <laughs> and he begins organizing sit-ins at the L.A. Federal Building.
0: Oh, amazing. Okay. And they're basically out there like saying end prohibition, decriminalize, legalize, let all the prisoners out, right? Uh, And there's like no fucking chance that's happening in 1970, (laughs) whatever.
1: And they've got the tri cornered hats on. They're like referencing the revolutionary era, the first one and the good one, arguably. (laughs) Not not the. Forgive me, Howard (laughs) Zinn. Uh, and they're just blazing in into, like, you know, he's just gonna, he's smoking weed. Fuck yeah. And in 1972, he starts working on the California Marijuana Initiative. It was the first to make the ballot to legalize weed.
0: This was 82, you said? 72. 72? Holy crap. Mm That's a long fucking time ago. But that's amazing. So, this was the first time in the country, I'm guessing, that somebody put forward a ballot initiative for medical cannabis. This was for all cannabis. Oh, okay. Gotcha. This mm-hmm. was just full decrimp.
1: Yeah, basically. And and legalization and, and, and like the treated like tomatoes version of legalization. Yeah. Not the treated a little bit like of plutonium. Vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> A little salt, too.
0: <laughs> really. Tobacco. Tobacco.
1: Uh, and during working on this campaign, he meets an activist couple called Michael and Michelle Aldrich, and they were working on the campaign together, and they gave him faithfully a pack of hemp rolling papers
0: whoa okay and so this is what rolling. this is not hemp rolling papers is not like a new thing right this has been been going on forever yeah Yeah. but this is the first time he
1: literally said to them you mean there's something you can do with cannabis besides smoke it
0: whoa so this is about to explode his (laughs) fucking view of cannabis right because it is like i remember learning that like you know myself and being like Somebody, you know, said it in that voice. They were like, no, man. Like, you can make biodegradable plastics, like, with hemp fibers, man. Like, we didn't have to make the garbage island in the Pacific, bro. It didn't have to exist. And you're
1: like. It's getting late,
0: dude. (laughs) Good sash." It's, I bro. get you.
1: yeah, yeah. The the few food, yeah. fuel, fiber. Yeah, I'm yeah. just gonna turn up the credence <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: slowly.
1: <laughs> the bong rattling bass. So the initiative only gets uh seventy-two percent of the vote, but That's a lot. I mean Oh it, did I say seventy two percent seventy two. How did that how was that
0: not a win? <laughs>
1: My mind went two tracks for a moment, and the, the incorrect one spoke.
0: You are forgiven uh, <laughs> the context here. Is, I mean. <laughs> what I
1: wanted to say is when he has this hemp rolling paper, this is literally the moment that the empire begins to strike back. Whoa.
0: Oh, my God. We are there. Right. Because yeah. this is like a whole part of his activism and his sort of vision for the world is one that runs on hemp. The utilitarian qualities of hemp. Yeah, so now he deep
1: dives on hemp and he discovers, like, for instance, the covered wagons made of canvas. What's the can in
0: canvas? It's cannabis. This is true, by the way. The word canvas is a derivative of the word cannabis because, uh, you know, in the ancient Middle East, they would use cannabis to make Sails, right, uh, to, to make rope and sails because there's no other fiber that's as durable or long-lasting or long in length for that matter that you can make like long sturdy ropes out of and weave into a really effective sail. That's just really, if you're sailing without cannabis, you're, you're fucking up. You're going slow. <laughs> you're not on the high yeah. seas. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can't yeah, say guys, I said it before. Guys, I, I want us to give Bean a round of applause for that part. Give him a round of applause, guys.
1: Moving right along. Rudolph Diesel, his brother was Sour Diesel, <laughs> uh, originally designed engines to run on? On hemp
0: based ethanol. Fuck. Yeah, he yeah did. the alternative fuel, the thing that the Model T was supposed to run on. And so I know we're going down a rabbit hole <laughs> of Jack Herrera, uh, you know, sort of conspiracy. Jack Herrera, yeah, I know, I know. I Rhymes with it. I love you two, by the way. You two are my favorite. I want you to know that.
1: <laughs> and I love but everybody. The, crowd, yeah. 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 the whole show is
0: just for you two, right? <laughs> But yeah, you know, this is what we were supposed to be using, man. We didn't have to fucking put a hole in the ozone layer, man. (laughs)
1: We're in the non-hemp timeline, but coming back, coming back. And uh, noted Nazi sympathizer Henry Ford uh, (laughs) declared his intention to, quote, grow automobiles from the soil, and he actually made a prototype car where the car was made out of hemp, and it ran on hemp. All right,
0: how many of you guys have heard about the car made of weed? Some of you at least, right? It's true! It's true! One of the first mass-produced automobiles was made entirely of weed. See, this is why we sound crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Not it's all bes- conspiracies are bad or it's, wrong it's or dangerous. Yeah, this is one thing. Uh, also, he invented the assembly line. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he, you know, a little, a little too Nazi-friendly <laughs>
0: Anyway, in
1: uh, 1981, so like every story that goes from the 70s to the 80s, <laughs> he's at a our hero Jack Herrer rhymes with terror is at a rally protesting the inauguration of one Ronald Reagan. Oh my God!
0: Where's All our right. Goldwater fan? So yeah, yeah, where's he at? where's the one guy who's like, woo, yeah, finally! (laughs) Some sense to the world. But yeah, okay, so, you know, as we all know, this is like, this is a huge turning point for cannabis because the war on drugs is really about to ramp up even more than, uh, you know, what Nixon envisioned it could be. It's about to get fucking ideological. It's probably the worst fucking time to be a cannabis (laughs) activist in the history of the entire world. I'm pretty sure.
1: And so at this rally, he is arrested under a seldom used provision of the literal Federal Sedition Act that makes it illegal to conduct political activity near a federal facility after dark because he was registering people to vote.
0: Oh, my God. The bar for sedition (laughs) has been lowered. Yeah. (laughs) Or raised. Yeah. Whichever. Whichever it is. But yeah, apparently you can like literally go into the Lincoln Memorial and like shit in the man's mouth. <laughs> and you still will not getting as much trouble as this motherfucker did just like signing people up to vote. <laughs> I yeah,
1: I I pictured that one too clearly. <laughs> I need to say I,
0: I wanted you to. <laughs>
1: So, this is one of 34 times that Jack Herrer is arrested for his weed activism, and it is the most fateful. After suffering police abuse via a nightstick jab to the kidneys, he's taken downtown, and he's offered a deal to plead guilty and pay a $5 fine. What do you think he does?
0: Ah, yeah. I mean, you know, well... On the one hand. (laughs) (laughs) I got five on it, Jack. I'll throw in. (laughs) But yeah, um, did he just pay the fine or did he like take a stand right there and then?
1: He refused to give them $5. Wow. He didn't
0: do anything wrong. And he was
1: sentenced to 30 days inside the Federal Correctional Institution Terminal Island off the coast of Long Beach.
0: What? Like a fucking Alcatraz. So he's in, he's in jail for 30... Okay, let's put this into context again. For registering people to vote in front of a federal building and refusing to pay a $5 fine, that would give him a criminal record. Uh, 30 days in jail. Tell me
1: what the following books have in common. Okay. And I'm going to say anybody can shout... It. Nah, that's not fair to you, my friend. <laughs> don't shout you now. Yeah,
0: you know I don't know how to
1: read. Don, <laughs> Don Quixote by Miguel de Cervantes. Mm-hmm. Conversations with Myself by Mel, Nelson Mandela. Justine by the Marquise de Sade. Civil Disobedience by Henry David Thoreau. What do those books have in common? What do those books have in common?
0: Is it... Um... A person about a person who's fucking completely crazy. I'm <laughs> just on Don Quixote. One, arguably two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, with Don Quixote, I was like, maybe it's gonna be people who are like, you know, nuts. Wait, what is the common thread there? Does anybody know this? Wait, can you say the books again? Don
1: Quixote, Conversations with Myself by Nelson Mandela. Okay. Justine by the Marquise de Sade, Civil Disobedience by Henry David Thoreau. But the de Sade thing is
0: fucking throwing me off. Oh, they're all written in jail. Well done. Oops. Check out the big brain on Brian. <laughs> I dropped this thing, sorry. That's how earth shattering That's, that's how epic was. that fucking guest was. It's amazing.
1: As was the book, The Emperor Wears No Clothes.
0: Oh. Okay, gotcha. So this is where he writes this epic fucking huge book that becomes canon. Uh, if you are a cannabis person. And so, like, what, were these ideas just floating around in his, in his mind? I mean, like, 30 days, like, that's that's a tough deadline for an entire
1: book. <laughs> I should say he started the book
0: <laughs> in prison. And as his wife
1: Jenny said, like, he said he never would have written the book if he had not been imprisoned because it was the only time he wasn't out blowing weed smoke in the cop's face and registering Why? people to vote and running around with a hemp hat on, on Venice Beach. So he started and only
0: a hemp <laughs> <laughs> it was the 70s <laughs> wow okay so this is where it begins so he's in there and he starts writing the untold history of cannabis i mean that's a tradition obviously that you know you and i try to continue to this day so he's putting it down on paper uh, and so i mean he's starting from the very beginning i mean he's talking about the ancient relevance of this plant right
1: yeah and as somebody and both of us who do a lot of research for our show.
0: Research was a lot fucking harder. Yeah. <laughs> like, when you're in jail yeah, in 1970-something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and so the book, who who has seen or has a copy of The Emperor Wears mm. of All right, anyway, just, So this book is a collection of like news clips and old articles and uh what you might lovingly call rants and facts and charts and lists it has a very jailhouse
0: conspiracy theory book it just all happens to be true fuck yeah and so this is where the whole like uh william randolph hearst andrew mellon the collusion between the biggest newspaper magnate the biggest oil magnate and the uh treasury secretary of the united states to enact the prohibition of cannabis worldwide. It sounds fucking crazy, right? <laughs> it's true! It all fucking happened. That's why weed became illegal, everywhere in the entire world. Nobody knew it until Jack Harris told him. Yeah, and so at the heart of this conspiracy, he finds
1: that there was a 1916 USDA study that basically said, hey, there's a new machine that's coming online, It's going to make the harvesting and decording of hemp automatic, and that will make it the world's number one cash crop. In 1938, Popular Mechanics, and this is in the book, this whole article, uh, ran a headline, new billion-dollar crop, and called hemp the most profitable and desirable crop that can be grown. This was good news for the planet, but as you said... Really bad news for DuPont Chemical and William Randolph Hearst.
0: Yeah. So, all right. This is literally we are at the precipice of a rabbit hole here, people. (laughs) There is a lot to this. But, I mean, just to shed a little bit of light onto it, right? (laughs) So, basically, the DuPont company was using petroleum to make things like uh, synthetic fibers, like nylon, right? And they also happened to make a chemical which was used to bleach... Lumber pulp, <clears throat> excuse me, lumber he pulp. He gets choked up. Yeah. He loves
1: lumber pulp so much.
0: It's just so smooth and goopy in your palm. You squeeze it; it just feels so good. Um, but so basically, the DuPont company was producing this chemical that was used by none other than William Randolph Hearst. Heard of him? Know of him? Right? Uh, who also happened to be a newspaper magnate who owned the the paper-producing lumber interest. So basically, all these people had a really good reason to challenge this resource that was very useful for making textiles, that was very useful for making paper, right? A renewable resource that has way less of an impact on the environment, but it's also ubiquitous. Anybody can grow this shit. Anybody can get in on it. It'll grow anywhere, right? So of course, uh, the people with the reason to do it and the resources to spread misinformation told everybody that weed makes your girlfriend run away with a black guy. That's how it all started. No bullshit. They were like, are you a white guy? (laughs) I have some Uh, bad news for you. (laughs) It's true. Look it up. See you again sounds fucking crazy (laughs) it's true (laughs) and so the book of course is
1: named for uh the hans christian Andersen story the emperor wears no clothes itself talking about this conspiracy of the people in power telling a big lie everyone going along with it to keep their position. And it's a couple of textile dudes running a fucking scam. So it's very close to (laughs) him. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Wait, who are the
0: textile dudes we're talking about? They
1: sew the invisible clothes for the king. Oh, I see. That are pretend clothes. From the story. Okay, gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing that Jack Herrer, Rhymes with Terror, discovers is this film... From 1942, made by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, called
0: Hemp for Victory. That basically espouses all the benefits of hemp as a crop.
1: Yes, this was put out by the federal government, by the farmer wing of the feds. Basically saying, listen, we're in World War II, fuck this no-hemp shit, this is serious, this is back when everybody hated Nazis, and because of the war, I guess it's not other than the Nazis. Uh, <laughs> because Nazis of the war, love Nazis, that's <laughs> yeah, crazy.
0: 420
1: is <laughs> Hitler's birthday, I mean, if you are a weed Nazi, it's gotta be a great day. Uh, <laughs> I, thought gold, I, thought the, I thought the Goldwater guy was gonna clap again. <laughs> Uh, So, but the war cuts off our supply of East Indian coarse fibers. So they make this film, Hemp for Victory, telling farmers, you got to grow 300,000 acres of hemp for the war effort. And then later, they're like, nah, we never made that film. Yeah. And so it was
0: basically denied. This is like the fucking Roswell (laughs) incident. It's like some real shit that happened. The government subsidizing weed farmers. Encouraging mm-hmm. them to do it post-1933. Uh, this is like post-Ainslinger shit. Uh, but, you know, Ronald Reagan won't tell you that <laughs> shit.
1: <laughs> no, so he actually... The government denies it. But Jack Harrer, rhymes with terror, he finds an original print and he finds the... If searching through the government files finds the documentation, original, verifying that this film exists. So, of course... He rents a stall on the Washington Mall right by the <laughs> Smithsonian and projects 24 hours a loop of hemp for victory. Wow.
0: Oh, my God. That's fucking amazing. Cinespia, eat your heart out. <laughs> That's a fucking outdoor screening right there. Holy shit. And does this have any impact? Like, what are people saying in response to this? What's the government saying in response to this?
1: Um, the government is just doing their narky government thing, to be <laughs> frank. I mean, I'm sure there's a long FBI file somewhere, but I don't think they were like up at night. You know, the real <laughs> revolution is already happening by the time they realize it. And in terms of what effect it's having, I'll just quickly say back in the day, I used to work at iTimes when it was cool. And we <laughs> I wrote a thing called... Thank you, yeah, yeah. Uh, freedom fighter of the month. Every month, I would talk to a activist who was doing this work, and I would always ask them. This is like for ten years. What got you into being an activist? And there was only three answers. I got busted for weed. I read a book called The Emperor Wears No Clothes. Or I got busted for weed and then somebody gave me a copy of a book called (laughs) The Emperor Wears No Clothes. I
0: swear, I I knew that was the third option. my weed brother
1: from another mother
0: (laughs) yeah seriously man no this was an incredibly impactful book um you know it's like i guess it could be you know still called like an underground book right this is not was this being published on like any sort of major distribution or was this just like always a grassroots thing
1: this is back when there were head shops in every town this was underground shit you know underground and alternative publishing is something that's really at the heart of what we do it's been a big part of both of our lives and like this is the og era of that like to sell seven hundred thousand copies of a self-published book about a wild conspiracy is an incredible achievement
0: fuck yeah jack hair rhymes with terror <laughs> Still, Independent did not make it onto the New York Times bestseller list that year. That's because they... Bias. Until they print the New York Times
1: on hemp paper, I don't... Uh, yeah, that's fucking right! <laughs>
0: Fuck uh, the New York Times. I mean, for a lot of
1: things. Not their podcast reviewer. Everybody has. Yeah. <laughs> and the other way he really sells this book is he goes out on tour. He is got all these... Hemp acolytes. People are drawn to this guy. Not that it makes you better or worse, but he's like 6'3". He's a big burly guy. He's got a beard and a booming voice and he's like telling you hemp is going to save the world and people are like living through Reagan America and it just shakes them the fuck up. And they go all over. They're going to county fairs. They're going to dead shows and just like selling books and sowing seeds and that's where
0: all this generation of activism really comes from. That is so fascinating. And you know, I I think it's also important to reflect that we've found artifacts like this, that at the time there were so many books published by major publishing houses that were filled with lies about how cannabis (laughs) is gonna kill you. So like, you know, to find a book, like imagine that that's all you know about. If you've ever read about weed, it's in one of those books and you're like at the county fair. Which is a lot like a dead show. More, <laughs> Depends more, on the county. More livestock. <laughs> but yeah, and then this guy is like, Oh, I've got this book. And it's called The Emperor Wears No Clothes. Like, that's a fucking compelling title. That's it's mysterious. It's like the fucking Da Vinci code, but like with more substance. You know what I'm saying? But it like kind of it draws you in. I can totally see it. It's like using the power of propaganda or conspiracy theories for good. You know what I'm saying? I know that might feel like kind of unfamiliar to everybody, but this is like a good type of virality, a good type of spreading of a conspiracy theory.
1: Yeah, and just as somebody who really wants to believe that books matter, that free expression matters, that art and creativity matters, this is a really clear example, like, We're smoking weed in a
0: weed building. (laughs)
1: like We we are. I want to remind
0: everybody. (laughs) We're smoking weed in a weed building right now.
1: (laughs) And uh, so now the really moment where he has been honored in his life by many, many, many people who told him your book changed my life. He has been honored as a freedom fighter of the year by normal and high times. But the one that really sticks is that in 1994, Mm -hmm. legendary cannabis breeder Ben (laughs) Dronker, who was also founder of the Hash Marijuana and Hemp Museum in Amsterdam, named a skunky, sativa-dominant hybrid strain in the man's honor.
0: Yes, that's right! We are at... The Strain, Jack Hair, rhymes with terror, causes errors. <laughs> and and also it. fixes
1: them. And fixes fucking everything.
0: <laughs> fixes your entire life. But yeah, so, okay, this is interesting. Now, you and I are both uh, East Coast lads. Uh, we were deprived of the, uh, you know, uh, the magic of strain selection. Mm-hmm. None of you California kids. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's like... You know, under thirty-five and from California, you're not this, this is not going to make any sense to you. But you would just buy whatever weed was available to you. We we usually got two choices: take it or leave it. That's it. I always took it. You want this fucking weed? It's like, and you got and you got to hang out with this asshole too. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, you're recording your own music now. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: Wow. Oh, yeah. Cool. You, oh,
1: you do the layers. Yeah. You can layer it. <laughs> oh, you you want to show show me the layers? This fucking
0: guy just show me the layers, man. <laughs> we just lost with. at least one and possibly two people. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah. So so essentially, uh, my point is that you know when I first smoked True Jack Hair, right? It was so interesting to me because, you know, it's, we all have our own descriptive words for it, right? That some of them stick, some of them don't. But to me, at the same time, it was like super fruity, but also it's like creamy. There is a weird creaminess to Jack Hair that makes it different than all other sativas, right? It doesn't like hit the back of your throat in the way that like, you know, really sweet sativa terps do. It's fucking smooth and it's a fantastic strain. Do you remember your first experience with it? Yeah, I think it was in
1: Amsterdam. I used to work uh, on the Cannabis Cup when it was cool.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let it out. Let the frustration out. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: I usually soft play that one. But, uh, <laughs> such Fuck Vice too. I also... Vice yeah, al- <laughs> can suck my dick. <laughs> We also, uh, I also had the occasion to meet the man in in Amsterdam. Oh, wow. It was quite an honor. Uh, This was long after the naming of The Strain, which won the seventh annual Cannabis Cup. It was called the Champagne of Strains. And what I love is this became like a meme that brought Jack Herrer to people who may otherwise never have heard of him. And they find the book they find the activism they find
0: the inspirational story
1: through weed itself
0: yeah and you know I think this is interesting and you know it's like we haven't discussed it yet but it's a very sticky name Jack Herrera even butchered and mispronounced by me as Jack Herrera very sticky name right there's just something about it that kind of like lasts like it's like it makes me think of Bob Snodgrass Doesn't that just sound like the guy who invented pipes? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, of course that's his name. And this is like, there is like a sort of like a mystery to it. It sort of stands out. His name could have been like, you know, Bob Smith. And then, I don't know, we probably wouldn't have be calling the strain that, but. I'm definitely not paying
1: 75 bucks an eighth for some Bob Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Smith shit is fire, though. Or anything. To right, be Bob? <laughs>
0: Bob Smith, everybody, right here in the fucking front row.
1: So actually, Best weed
0: since Jack Herrera. I I was in Spain once.
1: (laughs) I was in Spain once and shooting a DVD about how to grow weed and going to farm to farm. And everybody is, you know, telling me about their plants. And this is jacarer, jacarer. (laughs) And so finally I said to the one one guy, you know, like, sabes jacarer es una... Hombre, tambien, no es solamente una planta. Like, do you know that? Un hombre magnífico. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he said. That is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, that's actually what yes, he said. Yes, that's
0: what he said. I think I've told you that story. In there. You <laughs> know what? That had to be that had to be buried somewhere. Parallel like, creation. <laughs> Whoa. We really are mind melding or something. It happens. It starts to have more in the same well, room. when you take the green pill, I mean
1: it does have some yeah. side effects.
0: <laughs> yeah. Join us. There will be green pills available <laughs> to anyone on the way out. All right, so we're we're <laughs>
1: we're getting close to the end of Jack Herrera's time on Earth, so let's let's have a celebratory smoke for his life before we wrap it up. Everybody who's got something to puff on, please puff on it. And so it is a beautiful end to his life. In 2009, he gave a rousing speech. The thing he was really most known for at the Hempstock Festival in Portland, went backstage, and he had a heart attack that would ultimately be the end of his life. But to go out that way, and, you know, I'll just give him the last words from that speech. He said, you've got to be out of your mind not to smoke dope. It is the best thing the world has ever had.
0: Yeah! (laughs) Yeah! Jack Herer, <laughs> the fucking legend, and that's the spirit he really left with the world. Cannabis activism would truly not be what it is today if it wasn't for the legend Jack Herer. Nor would uh, cannabis genetics. You know what I mean? Like he really left his mark in so many ways. Dan Herer back there. Dan Herer rhymes legend with terror. Herrer. We're glad to have a, a piece of the legacy here in the house with us tonight, man. Much respect and love. And if I can get one more pun in before we uh, adjourn. You know you can.
1: <laughs> he certainly blazed a trail in cannabis history for us to follow, and we're very aware of that. Yes, we are. Can hemp we get here. a hemp-hemp-hooray? hemp hemp, hooray? hemp, hemp. Hooray! Hemp, Hooray! Hemp, Hooray! Hooray! Hooray!
0: Hooray! That was two weed puns. But this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for that story, Bean. It really was a special one. And I'm so glad we got to share it with all our friends in the house tonight. Guys, give it up for yourselves. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, On great moments in weed history. Yes, big thanks to Green Street for hosting us. High
1: 90s for the flower. High 90s for the rosin vapes. Big
0: Pete's treats. And
1: those lovely mocktails.
0: Yes, the mocktails. Thank you so much for coming. We really appreciate you.
1: Well, that's the show, folks. Thanks so much for listening. And if you stuck around this long, Please consider supporting us on Patreon. You could put five on it at greatmomentsinweedhistory.com, and that would really help us as we research, write, edit, and publish a new episode every Weedness Day. Great Moments in Weed History is written, produced, and performed by me, David Beanenstock, aka Bean.